Oh, come on. If you're going to give him praise, you can do better than that. Let's give him praise in this place. He's worthy of our praise. Come on, let's give him some praise. Keep giving him praise. He's worthy of our praise. Yes, Lord, we say no one else but Jesus is worthy to be praised. And Father, we ask even now as we come into your word that, Lord, you will minister your grace to our hearts. We say take preeminence in this environment right now in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen. Please do take your seats. Well, today we are going to be bringing to a close a series that we've been doing on spiritual disciplines over the weeks we've been looking at different uh, spiritual disciplines and uh, today we want to culminate uh, this series um, under the topic celebrate him together celebrate him together we know obviously christmas is coming well christmas is uh, just around the corner um, and uh, if you're like me you're organized you bought all your presents they're all nicely wrapped they're under the tree that's been fully decorated um, and all your Christmas cards off in the post to far flung areas in the world no not at all um, probably be at Westfields uh, on Christmas Eve at uh, 5.30 in the evening still trying to get some Christmas presents um, but as we look at this topic of celebrating him together, we want to remember that God has called us uh, together. We've been called and joined and brought together as one family, the family of God. One of the most significant prayers uh, that Jesus Christ, well, in my estimation, uh, enemy, one of the most significant prayers that Jesus Christ prays, we read in John 17, uh, and verse 22, and he says, And the glory which you gave to me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. And the glory which you gave to me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. One of the things about the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit is that they are in union together. They are one with each other. Jesus will say in his earthly ministry oftentimes that I'm only doing what I see the Father do. He was in complete agreement with his Father. Such uh, was his agreement with his Father that when his Father made a request for him to come as the substitute sacrifice for mankind that Jesus willingly, the Bible says in Philippians, took upon himself the form of, of earthly man. He took upon himself the form of flesh. He relinquished his glory, that which was his right. He relinquished it. He responded in obedience to the Father. And Jesus prays that we will have, in terms of our relationship with each other and our relationship with Him, this selfsame unity, this selfsame sense of union. And He prays this for us because that's His desire for us. And He reminds his disciples through that prayer that the word of God is what sanctifies us, what sets us apart, what makes us different because we try to, to, to adhere and hold to the truths that are given to us as in the word of God. And one of the main imageries that the scripture uses to teach on the subject of coming together, of being one, is the imagery of a body. You know, oftentimes the Bible will use different imageries to present and, and expound spiritual truth. And the imagery of the body is given as a way of us understanding how we are meant to be connected one with each other. And you know, there's something worthy to be admired of a body when, um, you know, it is expressing its full glory. There's something worried to be admired of a body. In the natural sense, that is, you know, when, when a, a body is demonstrating its fullest prowess, whether in a show of strength, whether in expressions of beauty, whether in athleticism, athleticism 
It's something that is worthy to be admired, the body in full expression. I don't know how many of you uh, might have sat there um, in front of the television screens or might have been fortunate enough to be um, in the Olympic Stadium on that uh, night when uh, Usain Bolt ran that 100 meters. You know, we were all amazed at this guy who could run so fast, so amazingly fast. We were all taken by his athleticism, by his body demonstrating such incredible capacity as he ran so fast. And so because of this natural picture that we have, that oftentimes we can reflect on in terms of beauty, in terms of strength, in terms of just showing what our body is able to do in the natural, we're also reminded through the picture that is given to us in the Word of God that God calls us to picture, to, to represent that same imagery, to show that same picture. Uh, there's a joke that I came across. This one is for Dave Welly, by the way. I don't know if he's hearing me. Um, uh, it says that, what do you call a skeleton that won't work? Lazy bones. That's for Dave. But you see, we've been designed to do something in the natural. Your body is meant to function, to do something. And in the same way, we've been joined together spiritually to express the fullness of what God has placed in us. So I want us to just come away for a moment to that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just going to read a few verses um, from verse 14 onwards. It says, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member... Where would the body be? And now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable on this, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schisms in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. We are the body of Christ. We might be individually joined to Christ, but through that joining to Christ, we are joined to each other. There's a prayer in the Anglican liturgy, that goes on to say, we are the body of Christ. By one spirit, we've been baptized, immersed into one body. Endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And so verse 27 of Corinthians 12 reminds us that we are the body of Christ. Individual, yes. Body, absolutely. And you cannot think of yourself when you think of yourself as a Christian without thinking of being the body. Just as that passage which we read says that the eye cannot say, hey, hang on a second, I have no need of the foot. The hand cannot say, hang on a second, I have no need of the head. Because of the fact that it is joined, it is part of the body, it cannot disengage itself from the body. And so even though we might struggle or have challenges in terms of seeing this expression come to its fullness, the bottom line is 
that we have been joined one to another. There's a quote I came across. Um, it's from A.W. Tozer in his book, The Pursuit of God. And he says this. Listen to this. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos are all tuned to the same tuning fork, but automatically attuned to each other? Therefore, one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard which one must individually bow. And so 100 worshippers meeting together, each looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be if they were to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. Now what is he saying there? He uses this imagery of the piano. Now there's a standard tuning of each piano, the tuning forks which give the pitch that each note should have. And so the tuning fork tunes one piano, tunes another piano, tunes a third piano. A hundred pianos are tuned to that one tuning fork. But in being tuned to that one tuning fork, they're tuned to one another. And so each and every one of us, by virtue of us coming and expressing our worship to God, we are being joined together in the expression of that worship and drawn together in closer fellowship simply because we are all focusing on him who is our standard. Ephesians 5 goes on to speak about the relationship between Christ who is the head of his body and the church. Ephesians 5 17 says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It is the Spirit that draws us to that place of expression of worship, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have this picture that Paul is speaking of to the Ephesians that says that because the Spirit is at work in you, and you through the work of the Spirit in you turns your focus and your attention to Him, singing and making melody and you know, expressing worship to Him, he says by virtue of that, it then leads to mutual submission. Verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Then he goes on to begin to give this imagery of the marriage relationship. Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, also as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. And so through mutual submission, through fellowship, through worship, we can begin to celebrate him together. We can begin to celebrate him together. I want to now take some time to highlight that journey of connection that brings us to that place of really expressing the fullness of our worship, the fullness of our, of our celebration of who he is and everything that he means to us. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible speaks about this picture of God, uh, Jesus Christ, having ascended on high, releases his gifts into the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and through their work to release the body of Jesus Christ into what it's meant to do. And we come to the end of this passage, and picking up from verse 15 of Ephesians 4, it says, Instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Because from him, from him, so it begins with him, the whole body 
joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And in that one verse, we find seven keys, seven keys that will help us in our connection, seven keys that will help us in the fullest uh, a place of expression of a celebration of him together. Joining, holding, supporting, growing, building, loving, and working. All of those you find in verse 16. From him the whole body joined, joining, and held together, holding, by every supporting ligament, supporting, grows, growing, and builds, building, itself up in love, loving, as each part does its work, working. And so we're going to run through those seven things very quickly. Uh, maybe we'll do a series on this one day, but just want to quickly just highlight and just you know, uh, uh, just focus for a moment on each one of these keys because I believe that this becomes the, 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 the ultimate connection that can take place in the body. When the body is ultimately connected, it's from the head in Christ. And so it starts in him. Every single one of us, our journey of faith begins in him. Our journey of faith starts in him. There was one day when you made that decision of faith and you said yes to Jesus Christ. You might have done it in a huge service like this. You might have done it quietly in your home. You might have been sat with a friend. You might have read a book. I don't know how you came to faith in Jesus. But whatever place that journey started, it started in him, because he is the one that draws and connects us to the Father. Just as when Nicodemus comes to him by night and he asks him that question, he said, what must I do to, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus Christ says, unless you become born again, unless you embrace me as Savior, that connection will never happen. And so our body expression comes from the connection we have with him. As long as we're connected with him, as long as we're tuned in to that tuning fork, we will be connected to one another. And as those connections grow, we can fully express what we are meant to express, and we can truly celebrate him together. You know, the body is amazing. And I'm talking now naturally speaking. The body is amazing. And I don't think it's by, by chance that the writers use the imagery of the body to remind us of what our full potential can be when we are connected, what we can accomplish when we are connected. It's nothing new throughout the scriptures. Again and again, as the people of God become connected and express themselves in a oneness, as a matter of fact, in the Tower of Babel, it got to the point where God had to step in because he says, if these people are one, there's almost nothing that will be impossible for them to accomplish. And so this imagery we have of the body, one, this oneness, is amazing because when we look in the natural, the capacity that the body has, it's awesome. The human body is amazing to be old. It does so many things that we are not even aware of, things that go on throughout the day, throughout the night. And when the body does this, we just kind of go about our regular daily stuff, not realizing what's going on, the amazing stuff that is taking place and the power that is being generated. And so let's keep some of these images and just highlight a few of these facts about the human body that, you know, uh, as I was preparing this, I, 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 I came across. I mean, some of this just blow your mind away. This is fact. The amount of electricity a full-grown human brain generates, that's 
a full-grown human brain. One person, not many, one person, the amount of electricity that your full-grown grown human brain generates is enough to run every telephone line in the world at the same time with enough power left over. With enough power left over. Think about, you know, you don't have to pay any telephone bills anymore. You can just generate the power, you know, you can just talk and talk. I'm sure the women will love, sorry, sorry. Amazing. What about this one? The body produces enough heat in a mere 30 minutes, half an hour, that can boil a gallon of water. Your body, my body, can generate enough heat in 30 minutes that can boil a gallon of water. And that's why, you know, scientists, doctors will uh, tell people who uh, suffer from hypothermia the best way to build up your body temperature is really to, to undress and get under the blankets with somebody else. Body heat. Body heat. And that person, all of a sudden, is returned back to their normal temperature. What about this? The lungs contain over 300 million tiny blood vessels. That's your lungs, my lungs. 300 million tiny blood vessels. If they were laid end to end, they will stretch for one and a half thousand miles. In your lungs, in my lungs. Now I know sometimes why I breathe heavily when I go up the stairs. No, that's, that's just being on feet. Not to talk about the trillions and trillions of cells in your body or the half a million eggs in a woman's embryo or the fact that you have stomach acid so strong that they can melt zinc. All fact. That's your natural body. And, so, and that's simply because everything is connected. Everything is connected. And you can begin to just imagine what we are capable of as a body, the body of Christ, if we are tuned into him in that way. Everyone connected one to another. You know, the evolutionists might say, hey, wait, hang on a second. Well, we believe that human beings came from uh, monkeys, from chimpanzees. We share 90% of our genes with chimpanzees, and that's true. That's true. It's absolutely true. You share 90% of your genes with chimpanzees, but you also share 60% of your genes with a fruit fly. That's why R. Kelly sang, I believe I can fly. That's a bad joke. 50% of your genes with a banana. Some of you are very slippery. That's truth. So, the reality of this is that you are amazing naturally. That's naturally speaking. And we haven't put anything of the divine on top of that layer. It's just naturally speaking. Now you can imagine when we step into the realm of the divine, the realm of God's ability. Not natural ability, God's ability, what we are capable of. And so going back to that passage in Ephesians 4, 16, it says, by whom the whole body joined, held, supporting, growing, building, loving, working, we will attain what he calls us to attain. And so, let's go through those seven keys very quickly. Let's start with joining. Pretty obvious one. Because in order to be part of the body, you need to be connected to the body. Now, the eye becomes part of the body because it is connected to the body. 
The hand becomes part of the body because it is connected to the body. So there has to be a joining. There has to be a point of connection. And so we need to keep connecting to keep those connections in place. Our connections with Jesus Christ. Those connections are divine in origin and supernatural in its outworking. You are part of your heavenly father. Let us create man in our own image. So you have been joined to Christ because of the fact that he died on the cross and through his death and the faith that you have put and the trust that you have transferred to him, you have now become connected to him. You have become joined to him. And because we are joined to him, we are joined to each other. The Greek word that's translated there is a word that has this picture of a framework being built. Now, I don't know if there's anybody here in the construction business. business. But before any building is constructed, a frame has to be put in place. Without that framework, nothing can be done. Now, they have all sorts of technologies to make that so easy, but still, the basic framework still has to be there. The basic joining points still need to be there. And then they begin to work on that. And so we begin our journey of connection as a body by being joined to Christ. The whole body joined and held. The body joined, joining, the body held, holding. How do we hold on to each other? You know, fishermen will tell you that the strength of a net is in its knots. Now, that's not a tongue twister. The strength of a net is in its knots. And so if you take a fishy net... You know, you've got all those lines connected. At certain points, when they join, there is a knot. Now, if those knots are weak, the net becomes weak. And so after they finish fishing, and if, if you ever have the privilege of finding yourself in an environment where they still fish in the sort of, you know, old way where they go out with fishing nets and, you know, throw those fishing nets and, you know, pull in the catch and they come back, and you see those fishermen on the seashore after they've been fishing, and you see them checking their nets. What are they doing? They're checking the knots. They're saying, are those, have those knots been, been affected by the catch? Have, they, have those knots been broken? Have they been weakened? And if they're weakened, they strengthen them. If they're weakened, they strengthen them. Because they know that if those knots are weak, the net it's not going to be able to hold the catch. The net is not going to be able to hold the catch. And so we need to hold on to each other. We need one another. You know, Hezekiah Walker sang that song that says, I need you to survive. I need you, you need me. Why? We all are part of God's body. Stand with me, agree with me. We all are part of God's body. It is his will that everybody should thrive. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I need you. Maybe something that we need to express to one another more. Not in the sense of being needy, but in the sense of knowing that if I'm connected with you and I hold on to you, it's going to be harder for the enemy to come and break. You know, uh, Ecclesiastes puts it this way. It says, to have a better reward for their work. Why? Because if one falls, what will the other do? Help him up. And so there's that holding. You're holding on. We're holding to one another in prayer. We are one another's keeper. We are bearing one another's burdens. Now, all of that is about us becoming and expressing the fullness of what we are meant to be as a body. And then he goes on to say supporting, supporting 
each other, supporting each other. You know, I'm so amazed when I read the, the scriptures in, in the book of Acts. The Bible says that no one lacked. It will be amazing. It will be absolutely amazing. You know, I, I read some, sometimes I read, you know, reports when they, they're talking about, obviously, areas of the world where there's deprivation and also talking about areas of the world where there is surplus. And if there was just a level playing field, do you know that there's enough food in the world for no child to go hungry any day? However, in certain areas where you have surplus of maize and rice, they have to literally throw it away where there are other areas where children are going to sleep without a meal for the day. Supporting one another. The early church, the Bible says that no one lacked. No one lacked. You know, we have to tune in because when we do that, when we express that support to one another, we're expressing body ministry, we're exalting his name, we're glorifying his name every time. And maybe some of us just need to be a little bit more sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us because we have been joined. You see, the eye knows that it needs to look ahead and see if there are obstacles in the way so that the foot is not going to go and you know, hurt itself. And it's amazing how the body, just from a natural perspective, you know, shows its connection. You're walking along one day, you're not looking where you're going, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a pavement that's a little bit, you know, wonky, and you go and you hit it, and all of a sudden you go, ow! The mouth is responding to the pain that has gone to your brain, and your hand is trying to soothe your foot. You didn't have to even think about it. It just happens. Support. It just happens naturally in the body. Joining, holding, supporting, growing. Wow. How about that one? You know, that Sunday school song, which I'm sure a lot of us know, is one that I'm being reminded of Constantly, a few weeks ago, sharing in the in the in the Friday evening, I, you know, I'd agonized over what I was going to share, but you know, God just kept taking me back to the foundational truths, the foundational truths, the foundational truths, and basically, I came and I shared to them, read your Bible. I said, you know, what I'm going to share to you tonight is amazing revelation. So I kind of put my disclaimer before I shared, and then I said, some of you might have heard this before. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to hear it again. You need to read your Bible and pray every day if you want to grow. Amazing revelation, isn't it? But the truth of the matter is, by simply putting in place such simple spiritual disciplines, and over the course of this series, we've been talking about all sorts of spiritual disciplines from prayer, from intimacy with God, from, you know, dealing with offense, all that kind of stuff. We'll be talking about all those spiritual disciplines and you put each of those building blocks in place, what you have is spiritual growth. It's spiritual growth. Now, I'm sure my mom would have been very challenged if I'd remained a baby up to this age. I'm not going to tell you my age, but I was just going to say I was born before the age of the mobile phones. That's enough. So, I think my mom would have been pretty worried to think, well, now I'm gone. What's happened? It's one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years. He's not growing. And I know in the natural, there are situations where people have certain conditions that prevent them from going. I was watching a documentary quite recently where they were, you know, just looking at families who have, you know, kids who have uh, uh, some of these, these challenges, you know, and uh, uh, an 18-year-old who is still, in terms of his, his, uh, his development, was probably still in the body of a four, five-year-old. And it was quite concerning for the parents. Because in the natural, growth must come. 
Growth must come. But you have to do something to encourage that growth. And so we need to personally as well as corporately seek to grow in God. 2 Peter 3.18 says that we should grow in the grace and the knowledge of him. We should grow in the grace and the knowledge of him. Growing, joining, holding, supporting, growing, building, building. We are being built up individually and we are being built together. Go back to the picture of construction that I shared a moment ago. The framework has been laid. The bricklayers have come in. And so they begin their brickwork and they start putting brick upon brick upon brick upon brick. Now, when they build this part of the wall, it's great. But this part of the wall needs this part of the wall, 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 needs this part, and all the way around and all the way around. And what do they have? They have a structure that is being built up. That is being built up. As you allow God to work in your life, personally, and as the Holy Spirit builds you and forms you and shapes you, and builds another brother, another sister, and forms them and shapes them, we are being built together as the body of Christ. Ephesians 2.22 says, a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And that's such a beautiful picture, that we can be built together in such a way that the Holy Spirit just wants to come and settle in the framework, in the building, in the environment that we have been created because we are built together, connected one to each other. Joining, holding, supporting, growing, building, loving. Jesus sums it up in these two statements. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I, I kind of make a joke sometimes when, you know, I share in weddings and, you know, this particular message that I preached before, I say to, you know, couples about loving. I say there's no excuse to not love. Because the Bible says, husbands, love your wives. So, you need to love each other. But if you have a problem as a husband to love your wife, as a wife to love your husband, the Bible also asks you to love your brother or your sister. So if the wife-husband problem is happening, brother, sister, you can still love. If you have a problem to love them as your brother or sister, the Bible says that you must love your neighbor as yourself. If you still have a problem with that, it says you must love your enemies. So there's no getting away from loving. The Bible fills every gap. Loving, loving. John 13, 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples, you are my body, if you have what? Love for one another. Absolutely vital. And finally, working. You see, having done all those things, joining, holding, supporting, growing, building, loving, the ultimate thing is that we need to be proof producers. There needs to be an end product. I don't like seeing unfinished buildings. You know why? Firstly, there's a lot of effort that has gone into starting that project. But also, somebody is missing out on the blessing of that project. And so we want to be people, as the scripture says in Ephesians 4, 16, every part does its work. There has to be work that is being done. James says that we cannot say we have faith if there is no work being produced. Faith without works is dead. We celebrate him together by showing our fruit, by bringing our fruit. In this is my Father glorified how? That you bear much fruit. 
working, producing, we need to be proof producers. There's a quote I came across which says this, snowflakes are one of nature's most fragile things, but just look at what they can do when they stick together. Now, I'm not prophesying for the next uh, few weeks what the weather is going to be like, but think about it. Delicate flakes of snow, individually fragile. But when it comes, it can actually bring a whole country, as some of you will remember, about 18 months ago to a standstill when hardly any one of us could actually get to work on that February. Remember that February morning? Simply because snow stuck together. Imagine what we can accomplish as the church of Jesus Christ when we stick together. Ultimately, that is God's desire for us. Because in mutual submission, in fellowship, in our expression of worship to him, as we are body and express body ministry, we can truly celebrate what he has done in our lives. Colossians 2, 19. Not only fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished, knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that comes from God. And at this time of the year, as we prepare for Christmas, I think of what the prophet Isaiah says. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Unto us. Unto us. Who's the us? His body. The son has been given to us. And I believe one of the highest expressions of our unity as believers is our body ministry when we worship him together. Can I have the worship team back on the platform, please? And there's something awesome when multitudes rise up in praise and worship. Something awesome. I don't know if anyone here been privileged to be in a line at Bonke Crusade. Anyone? A few of you might have been. Called being in a Reinhard Bronke's crusade, and those crusades, especially in Africa, you're talking about hundreds of thousands, millions of people. And there's something different when a million voices open their mouths in praise to God. There's something divine that manifests or a million voices rising up. I remember being encouraged to pray in tongues in one of the Reinhard Bunke crusades that I was in. Probably, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, million plus people praying in tongues. It was like the sound of thunder. There's something about multitudes the body, the full expanse and full expression of who we are meant to be. There's something unique when we allow ourselves to express it. Sharing with myself just a few days ago about, you know, the, the story from Luke, and Colin was actually preaching this morning about um, that passage in Luke, where the shepherds have the angelic visitation. And the angel appears and, you know, tells the shepherds that unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And there's a bit of that passage that, you know, I'd read and probably glossed over for many a year. And all of a sudden it hits me like a ton of bricks. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel multitudes of the heavenly host. And I was about to go, and the, the Spirit of God just said, stop, 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 stop. Underline that word, multitudes. 
No wonder the authorized version says that they were so afraid. If I was using a modern translation in my own words, I would have said they went to themselves. This was not just a few angels. This was not just, you know, even when the Bible says multitudes, you're talking about a whole host, thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of angelic hosts filling the skies all around. That's an awesome sight. No wonder the shepherds were afraid. But all of a sudden, they turned their adoration to God. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill to all men. When we rise up together as a body to express to God who He is, out of our joining, our holding, our supporting, our building, our growing, our loving, our working, but ultimately all of that is giving glory to Him. We truly are expressing our body ministry and we're celebrating Him together. So I was finishing this message this morning. This song came to me, and I was thinking to myself, let's let's stand by the way, let's begin to prepare our hearts for worship now. I was thinking to myself, you know, as this song came, I wonder if you know I can get the worship team to just sing the song. You know, I came in this morning and um, Dave and Fabio came up with a list for the day. And lo and behold. God was already speaking, the song was there. And for me, in one sense, that was a confirmation because those words were kind of like, you know, hammering out at me this morning. Grace has come to save us. Truth has come to heal us. You have showed your favor to the undeserved. And it goes on in the chorus to say, King of all the universe, far above all power, we give you the praise that's due your name. We stand amazed. We sing aloud to you, the one and only. Let your praise, your name, resound through all the earth. Let's worship him together as we celebrate him this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. Set free. 
worship him for a few minutes right now just worship him oh celebrate him his goodness his greatness he's the one that has called us and joined us together we're tuned in to him and because we're tuned in to him we're tuned in to each other oh yes lord we exalt your name in this place we worship you we lift that name high you say if your name is lifted high you will draw all men to you lord we thank you that because of that call that you've called us individually corporately we have a commission to go a commission to disciple a commission to see your kingdom come to be your arms extended father we pray that you will enable us in every way to remain joined to, to keep holding father lord to to support one another to to allow ourselves to grow in you to to, to build one another up even as we are being built up to to keep on expressing your love and ultimately uh, to father do the work that you have called us to do that all glory all honor all praise will go to your name even as we celebrate and exalt you we say be exalted in this place be magnified in this place we bless your name we thank you that because we are connected to you we are connected to each other Father, we pray that even as we grow in all these spiritual disciplines, we'll continue to see, Lord Father, fruitfulness in our lives individually and corporately in every way. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.